And, oh, <laughs> I as, as I, we do have some, uh, hold on, breaking F1 news right now. Uh, a car has, are you guys watching it all? Not yet. No. FP1 in Las Vegas. A car has stopped on the side of the track. We have a red flag in FP1. Would anyone like to guess which team is, whose car has blown up? Um, Logan Sargent. No. I said blown up, not crashed into a wall. Ferrari. Oh, blown. It's not Charles, is it? It's Charles. It's a, Fer- <laughs> it's, a Fer- it's a Ferrari. I believe it's Charles. Yeah. Uh, Stopped right next to Paris, Paris. Oh, no. Is it just Paris or Paris, Paris? I think it's just Paris. It's not just Paris. 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 Just uh, Paris. It's New York, New York, not Paris. Paris. It's New York, New York, not Paris. Vegas. He stopped right next to the, to, the, to, the Paris, to the Paris air balloon and, and the Bellagio fountain, which you cannot see. Yeah, he stopped right next to the Eiffel Tower. Anyway. Caesar's uh, my- Palace. Caesar's Palace. Speaking of being the morning started. For the victory lap, though. They ain't never seen nothing like this before. Lit the room when I came through the front door. Ask me if I should overcome what for. Train in the trees, please walk my sycamore. Touch burning scenes cross me. I just looked down at the screen while the video was playing and I saw Sean wearing sunglasses and I was just like, oh my God. It is episode 20. The Vegas, big, baby. Vegas. The big 2-0 of the Gridiron Podcast. I'm Nick Shook. That is Katie Caldwell to technically my left, your right. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, you can always find us live and after the fact. And down there in the sunglasses, because he wears his sunglasses at night, is Sean Barry. Folks, how are we doing? We got a cool guy on our hands. Yeah, got a real cool guy. (laughs) I wear my sunglasses at night so I can, so I can celebrate the inaugural Las Vegas Grand Prix. Let's get into it. Let's go, guys. I didn't get the memo that we were supposed to be wearing some sort of frames over our eyes. Um, Sorry about that. There's no sunglasses at the ready here, so I'm just going to be without them. I hope you guys don't keep me out of the cool kids club. You never were in it, Nick. You were never even in it. Jesus, Sean. Because I'm hate from outside the club. He can't even get in. (laughs) It's episode 20. And as always on this podcast, we start with the NFL, where week 10's in the books and week 11 has just begun with Thursday night football's game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, a game that was um, exciting and close early. The Ravens, or the Bengals, excuse me, had a 10 to 7 lead in the second quarter. And then Joe Burrow got hurt. And the wheels fell off because Jake Browning, who was a four-year starter at Washington but never had much of a ceiling, came in and only completed eight of 14 passes. He did throw a touchdown pass, but man, it's just not the same firepower. So that game is in the books. That's how we start week 11. The Ravens pushed their record out to uh, eight and three. Is that what it is now? Seven and three. Eight and eight three now, three, yeah. Eight and three. That hasn't updated here on my website. So uh, after losing to the Browns last week, which we will get into a little bit, uh, the Ravens get back to their winning ways. And the Bengals now down to 500 (sighs) tough spot for the Bengals. we'll see if they can bounce back but guys uh as we always do we start with winners and losers but there's been some news that i think we need to cover this week in the nfl that we have to get to prior to winners and losers and that is of course centralized right where i am where sean just was last weekend when he came out to visit cleveland ohio specifically berea ohio where the browns facility is with the news wednesday that broke in the morning that Deshaun Watson would be out for the rest of the season because he has to have shoulder surgery. Uh, What was your initial reaction to this news, which came as a bit of a surprise? My initial reaction was my jaw dropped a little bit. Um, And I just, sympathy, sympathy was my initial reaction for Cleveland, 
for Browns fans because it you guys finally were putting it together. I say you guys. I I know you you know you've stepped away from your Browns fandom a little bit, but there's still a little bit inside you, Nick. Still a little bit inside you. Mm-hmm. I still get the texts every once in a while. A little bit. But a little sympathy for the Browns fans because this is a good football team with a top five defense in the league, with the defensive player of the year front runner, Miles Garrett, with an offense that is at times adequate. And all of a sudden, the most important piece of that offense is now not going to play for the rest of the year. Also, a couple hours later, my reaction was um, confusion, I want to say, because immediately everyone said, well, this is P.J. Walker's team now. And then they made the announcement that Dorian Thompson-Robinson would be, in fact, the team's starter. Um, I get it. You have to see what the kid's got. He's only started one game this year in which, I mean, he literally, I think he said that, he, he came up with the phrase yesterday. Uh, he looked like a deer in the headlights in that first start, and he, he really did. Um, said it's not going to happen again. We'll see. But I, I feel like the Browns are not punting on their season, but they're also not really playing for a playoff spot at the moment. They're, they're kind of like, all right, let's see what this kid's got in the future or, because there's a $60, 70000000 million cap hit coming our way. You never know. Which they will restructure and continue to push down the line as the Saints have done for years and did for years with Drew Brees. But the flip side of that, Sean, um, it, it could be just a fa- a matter of the Browns going, P.J. Walker turns the ball over all the time. Let's at least give DTR a shot and see if he can turn over less because that's that's what contributed to their yeah. losses with Walker as a starter. Yeah, he got a win against the Colts, but like they lost that Seahawks game because of Walker's turnovers. So it could be just the higher ceiling pick uh, more than anything. Maybe not necessarily a punt. That's the optimist approach. Uh, I got texts from people today around here who were just saying, well, season's over. Uh, you think the Browns are going to go add somebody? And I'm thinking, who is there to add? No. What do you want? Matt Ooh, Ryan? Yeah. Nick Foles? That's not going to do get Josh Dobbs. for you. Go get him. Oh, too bad. The trade deadline's already <laughs> passed, and he's doing a good job in Minnesota. Katie, um, when you heard this news, what was your first thought? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest to you guys as friends and to our listeners, I struggle to talk about Deshaun Watson as a football player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a person before I am a professional, so I still struggle with that. Um, I was surprised. I, like you said, Sean, I do feel bad for the fans of that team. I don't feel bad for the franchise. It's one of those, you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes situation. And obviously injuries are different, but I just... I have a hard time feeling bad for anyone in that front office. Um, but yeah, they, they have had a really tough stretch with injuries this year. Nick Chubb was a big one, obviously. They've lost some big key pieces, but anything Deshaun Watson related, there are a few players in the league that I have this policy with. I just struggle to think or speak about them in a football way. Yeah, understandably. The, the big talking point now, too, is, of course this is the worst trade ever. Like th- that's, 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 that's the buzz topic right now. Is this the worst trade in NFL history? I don't think you can say that just yet, no. but at the same time, it's an undeniable fact, you know, you're paying him $230 million guaranteed and he has now missed more games than he has played mm-hmm. either through suspension or injury. I think that's a conversation you have later, but Katie, I, I also agree with you there as well. Yeah. It's, um, I, I agree with you, Sean. I think it's a little early to make that judgment. And, and the downside for fans of the Browns who listen to Carl getting fired up. Uh, Carl's like, I got two cents to say, Carl's too. like, yeah, I don't like Deshaun Watson either. That's what he's saying. Um, the downside for Browns fans is that Watson appeared to just be now turning the corner. Like he was 
I, I think Pat McAfee said this week, Deshaun Watson's back. Like he had a phenomenal second half in that game against Baltimore. Did it with a fractured shoulder and a high ankle sprain. I mean, that was it was a gutsy performance for sure. But uh, Katie's absolutely right. Everything with him is it comes with an asterisk uh, when you when you evaluate everything. I think the jury's still out on whether it was a bad trade or not. But through two years, the Browns have not gotten an, an ample return for what they gave up. That's the bottom line. Fortunately for them, they have three more years with him, uh, and if they do decide to extend him, we'll see. So that, uh, that I think, throws a bit of a wrench in the AFC North, but so did Thursday night football, guys, because Joe Burrow left the game with an injury, could not grip the football, was disgusted with the fact that he couldn't grip the football. We saw what happened to the Bengals' offense with him out. So my question to you is, do the Bengals have a shot if Joe Burrow misses the next two, three games? This is going to be the shortest like conversation ever. No. no. The answer is no. <laughs> no. No, they do not have a shot. With who? It's an uphill-ass battle. <laughs> I didn't watch the game. I was in a meeting, but when I turned it on right before we came on the podcast, it was right when Joe Burrow had just got injured, and I felt like walking in with all the pizza boxes, and there's just that when Donald Glover walking in and then it's just all of this chaos happening, like, holy, what did I just miss? Yeah. And I saw Mark Andrews is out and mm -hmm. Lamar got... Lamar went to the tent at one bang, point. Banged yeah. up, like, ooh, woof. <laughs> A week ago, we spent some time talking about how the AFC North could get all of its teams in the playoffs because that's what it looked like at the time. And suddenly, it could become a two-team race featuring the Ravens and potentially the Steelers judging you know depending on how sunday shakes out over on the, the is it shore or shores by the way i had this discussion this week is it over on the shores of lake erie or on the shore of lake erie because technically you're in one place right you're on a shore there are multiple yeah, shores yeah, you're on one shore 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 of shores shores just sounds better shores of lake erie yeah but you know impactful wasn't a word in the dictionary until everybody just started using it and now it's in the dictionary like irregardless nick ah um, sean <laughs> oh, oh you're killing me andres would hell it would it would hate you for that and he'd give you a c instead of a c plus i already got a c i already got a c <laughs> that one person who got an a and we still don't know i how. got a c in news writing <laughs> 10 years later and, and i'm actually a broadcaster still all right thanks thanks professor andres i, I think it's um it's gonna be really interesting to see what happens with the division now because Best division in football when everybody's healthy. Now two quarterbacks are out. One's out for the season. One could be out for multiple games. We're going to monitor that. Um, I think that the Steelers, despite not being a very good football team, if we're being completely honest, could find themselves in a dogfight if they win on Sunday. I mean, they, they'd be seven and three right behind the Ravens in the standings with you know the last nine weeks of the season left, um, eight weeks of the season left. It would uh, it would make for an interesting finale, uh, an interesting I finish will say. for sure. I will say I have absolutely zero confidence in the Steelers winning right. on Sunday. This just feels like the, the, the ultimate Mike Tomlin letdown game. Kind of like the Texans earlier in the year. Kind of like the Niners earlier in the year. Like, oh, yeah, we're going into Cleveland. They've got a banged-up offense, a rookie quarterback who looks, as he said, like a deer in the headlights in his first-ever start. Yeah, that's the game the Steelers usually lose. The one they absolutely should win, that's the one they lose. You know, the line on this right now is – uh minus one for the browns that's as close as you can get uh, i think it was three and a half or four and a half prior to the watson news uh i think that says everything about this matchup because you don't know what you're getting out of your quarterback you know the browns have a great defense you don't know what you're getting out of the steelers offense it looked pretty good last week they ran the football effectively for the first time they were able to kind of pull away from the packers 
but there's no guarantee that they'll do that again against a good defense. Uh, it's going to be a really fun game. I think that uh, CBS went with their top broadcasting crew for a reason. This is going to be one to watch that's going to have a lot of ramifications on the playoffs. But let's go over now. Let's follow. Actually, you know what, Katie? You put this in the dock, so let's do this. I don't know what this is about. And as you see on this lower third, it's all in her suggestion. Just says squirrels in the dock. Uh, squirrels? So you, squirrels? S- you spelled it is incorrectly what, because you is, spelled squirrels correctly. So Is that why Carl's been barking this entire time? Oh my squirrels? gosh, you guys. I'm so sorry about what's happening in the background. I keep having to mute my mic. If you're watching, you'll see that I'm not in my normal home office. Um, I'm in a home with two dogs and one cat right now uh, as my condo is being renovated for extreme water damage and the other dog just got home so everybody's super uh, fired up and barking at each other yeah, and zoomies uh, <laughs> um so i was telling sean before we got on the pod there's all of these swifties everywhere that are going through travis kelsey's old tweets trying to find something really problematic but he's only being like extra endearing and hilarious. I'll read one of the ones that went really viral. It was from April 14th, 2011. And it said, I just gave a squirrel a piece of bread and it straight smashed all of it. Bunch of exclamation marks. I had no idea they ate bread like that. Ha ha. Hashtag crazy. (laughs) And he spelled Uh... squirrel incorrectly. (laughs) So the word squirrel has been trending on Twitter, but... I was just hoping that we could talk about Travis and Taylor for just a moment because I know that a lot of people are right now are rolling their eyes and go, we don't care, blah, blah, blah. I think it is just terrific. And I'm thrilled about this storyline. And their moms are about to meet oh, at this football game. Big moment. And I just love that. I, they even look alike. I just feel like Mrs. Kelsey and Mrs. Swift are about to be the best of friends. And I know people are so tired of this topic, but... It brings in fans. I think it's terrific. I think the content is great. What are your guys' thoughts on Travis and Taylor? Uh, I have no further thoughts other than that's the <laughs> Cleveland Heights and University of Cincinnati education right there. Uh, we know Travis Ooh. did get suspended one time for academic ineligibility. Um, what? Uh, he also, I thought it was because he was smoking pot. Well, he also got suspended for that. But he in high school, he got suspended for academic ineligibility. He missed a season in high school. Uh, <laughs> oh, as, as, as We do have some, uh, hold on, breaking F1 news right now. Uh, a car has, are you guys watching it all? Not yet. No. FP1 in Las Vegas. A car has stopped on the side of the track. We have a red flag in FP1. Would anyone like to guess which team is, whose car has blown up? Logan Sargent. Um, no. I said blown up, not crashed into a wall. Ferrari. Oh, blown! It's not Charles, is it? It's Charles. It's a, Fer- <laughs> it's, a Fer- it's a Ferrari, I believe it's Charles. Yeah. Oh, that's- stopped right next to Paris. Paris. Is- oh no! Is it just Paris or Paris? Paris. I think it's just Paris. It's not just Paris. 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 Just uh, it's New York, New York, not Paris. Paris. It's New, New York, York, New York, and Paris. Vegas. Paris. Okay. Right. He's, he's stopped right next to, to the to the Paris to the Paris air balloon and, and the Bellagio fountain, which. You cannot see. Yeah, he stopped right next to the Eiffel Tower. Anyway. Caesar's uh, Palace. Caesar's Palace. My my two cents on uh, T-Swizzle and Kelsey. Um, Good for them. You know? Exactly. People need need a couple to root for. We're always hung up on these these celebrity couples. And for the first time in what feels like a long time, this one feels... Uh Uh-oh. I was going to say relatable, but that's that's really not the Uh-oh. case because like I'm not an NFL tight end. Um, you know, it's like you're not a pop superstar. 
Exactly. Like, but at the same time, these just seem like kind of down to earth people and that they just genuinely like, like each other are attracted to each other. Plus it's the age old story of like, Hey, shoot your shot. What's the worst that could happen? Travis Kelsey shot a shot. It's got denied like, by her like paparazzi, by her, by her posse. And then it's like, Hey, by the way, Travis Kelsey wants to meet you. Now he's flying to Argentina with her for like a weekend getaway. Oh, and she's changing her lyrics during her shows to include him. Aww. And her, him and his dad were watching together. And the dad was the star of that show because he's probably looking at the situation like, thank God it's a football player and not a musician or an actor or someone else. He's like, you're dating a tight end. This is amazing. Like, I bet your <laughs> dad did. just loves this. I did see, or uh, someone said at one point, you know, Travis Kelsey has to feel amazing because he knows without a doubt he could beat up every single one of her exes. And it's not even a question. John Mayer (laughs) versus Travis Kelsey. The great showdown. The thriller in Manila. The prize, Taylor Swift's heart. Come right back for more (laughs) boxing action. It's celebrity death match. We'll see you in just a minute. All right, uh, let's go to... Winners and losers. Let's get back on track here at the NFL. Thank you, Katie. I actually, that was like, that was that was entertaining for sure. I just love love. Okay, you guys. We all love love. You know, it, it seems genuine at least for now. Uh, let's start with our. Do we start with losers? Let's start with losers. Let's go bad. Let's get that out, out of the way. way. Katie, who's Those your loser from Week Ten? Uh, my loser is the Buffalo Bills. Watching this team. It just feels like we're such a long way out from the AFC championship game in January of 2022. And the situation that they're in right now, I'm not a Bills fan. I don't have any allegiance to them. But I'm guessing this is what it feels like for Bills fans, that it's a bit of a microcosm of the feeling of making it to and losing four straight Super Bowls where you know you're in your window. And they were the 13 seconds, like everybody talks about that, but... They've been consistently good now for years, and we keep talking about this window with Josh Allen and these playmakers and this defense and this coaching staff, and now they're 10th in the AFC, and Josh Allen has 14 turnovers, 11 interceptions in 10 games. He's always been someone to toe that line between really aggressive and then a bit reckless, and it just feels like it's kind of trended in the opposite direction. I don't know if it's that he's lost without Brian Dayball. I don't know what the situation is. I don't necessarily think that Ken Dorsey was the problem. I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on yeah, that. Like, yeah. I can't pretend to understand the culture in that room, but he isn't causing the turnovers. He didn't put 12 men on the field. Like, what are your guys' Dorsey thoughts, first of all? Sean, would you like to I, take the lead? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. When I, when I saw that Ken Dorsey got fired, I wouldn't say I was shocked, but at the same time, I understand it because the offense has been the offense has been the problem this year, really. Um, but you're right; it, it's Ken Dorsey isn't throwing the interceptions. He isn't trying to hurdle players when there's absolutely no need to. He's not taking hits when he shouldn't be taking hits. He didn't put the 12th man on the field on a special teams unit like that. Loss I really don't think was on Ken Dorsey. So I, I want to know what uh, Sean McDermott and him like. What the, what was the conversation like that led to him getting fired? Because there's other offensive coordinators in this league that deserve to get fired and have deserved to get fired. <laughs> not going to get into that at this <laughs> like moment. Like who, Sean? Tell I'm us I'm not going to get into that at this moment. I'm, you know what? <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because things have been, have been going better, better since a certain OC has been on the sidelines. Um, but yeah, it's 
it's weird times in Buffalo because I think especially after the first couple of weeks of the season, we anointed them as like, okay, here are the Bills. They are now on par with the Chiefs. Let's go. Now sitting at 5-5, five and five, and I mean, they look lost. Josh Allen just looks deflated. They're a tough watch right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, they are. They're, I hate watching them play because you know the potential. You've seen the potential. Uh, there was a three-week stretch where they were just dominating opponents. They were running the ball well. They were throwing it all over the yard. Their defense was playing well, and then they lose Matt Milano and Tredavious White, and suddenly their defense isn't very good, and then all of a sudden they stop running the ball well, which is mostly what they've done for the last three years. Is Their, their scheme on the ground is terrible. Uh, they have jettisoned quality running backs in the past and blamed them. They've been the scapegoats, but in reality, they don't run traditionally well enough, so they have to rely on Josh Allen to run the ball too much, and we know that's the, that ceiling is lowered with each year. I mean, Devin Simmons okay. went for 150 yards for Houston last week, and he wasn't good enough to be a Buffalo Bill. Explain. We do have some breaking news, meanwhile, into the uh, Gridiron Podcast newsroom. Yes. Do we have a do we have a breaking news like no. wipe or, oh, or sound? Oh, no, but we need to get a sound. Yeah, we do. We never Ravens have head coach John news. Harbaugh said tight end Mark Andrews likely has a season ending ankle injury. Yeah, no. it didn't look good. It didn't yeah. look good. So there's more injury news. Deshaun Watson after the season, now Mark Andrews after the season as well. I think the Ravens will be able to weather that, by the way. Um I think yeah, that's, that's fine. Uh, yeah. Zay Flowers they'll, they'll Odell's been pretty good. Although that is a huge way. weapon, but Zay Flowers is absolutely insane. That's yeah. a that's a big threat down the mm-hmm. middle of the field. I think they'll be all right. Um but on the Bills, I it's it's been a uh, it, you're right. It's absolutely been a tough watch. I actually side on the opposite end of both of you. I think firing Ken Dorsey was deserved. Is it going to fix anything? Probably not. That usually those fixes don't come until you bring in somebody who's more qualified during the off season, not during the regular season. But I think Sean McDermott was feeling the pressure of not living up to expectation, saw his offense turn the ball over four times, sees the Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers and in interceptions, 11 interceptions, 14 giveaways, uh, and realized that a change needed to happen. He wants them to run the ball more, and I do too. Is that going to happen? I don't know. They actually ran the ball pretty well on Monday night. It's just they couldn't hang on to the football. And even the long run by James Cook, he fumbled it and dribbled it to himself before picking it back up in stride and going all the way down to the red zone, setting up that touchdown. The defense actually did not come through at the end, but that's neither here nor there because they are missing a couple of key players. So do I think they're going to get better? No. Do I think that a change needs to be made? Yes. Um, and now they're in a tough spot, man. I mean, they got to start winning football games fast because it does not get any easier for them in their schedule. They got the Jets, who have had their number for the last year and a half. The Eagles, they get a buy, a very late buy. They probably needed about three weeks ago. Then they get Kansas City, Dallas, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Dolphins. Only two of those games do I see the Bills being favored in right now. We could be looking at a 7-10 and 10 football team, a 7-10 and 10 Buffalo uh, Bills team. And if that's the case, if that's the case, massive changes could be coming for this team. A yep. massive disappointment if that were the outcome. So we'll see there. I agree, Katie. Big, big time loser this week. Sean, who's your You know loser? what else is unthinkable? Uh, there is a Gundam in the Alpha Towery uh, garage. A what? A Gundam. A what Gundam. Is that? God, you're, I knew you weren't cool enough for anime. I was going to say, this is uh, like anime a hour giant robot hour? with like a sword. There's just like, there's a giant robot with a sword in Alpha Towery's garage. Love that for them. It's Vegas, baby. Vegas. <laughs> I don't think I don't anime. I what and, that has to do with Vegas. Yeah, anime and Vegas are not synonymous by any means. It's, it's okay, Yuki. I mean, anime is the, the is part of Japanese culture. Yeah, okay. I mean, that, that's a stretch, but I mean, I, I, that, that makes a, that's a connection, but that's a stretch for being in an F1 yes. paddock, but whatever. Uh, who's your loser, Sean? 
Uh, my loser would be the team formerly known as the New England Patriots. Um, I feel like we should put them maybe on the back of a milk carton, put up some wanted posters, because I have no idea where they are or where they have gone. What I woke up to on Sunday morning, albeit with a pounding head, um, <laughs> and an upset tummy for some <laughs> unknown reason, just foreign to me. It's the air in Cleveland, man. Um, it, uh, it was atrocious. And, and I do have to wonder... Why, when you are down by, you need a touchdown to win, right? You need a touchdown to win. You can't tie the game. Your two-minute offense goes in, and you put in Bailey Zappi. You put in your backup quarterback. I get that Mac Jones was playing atrociously, but you put in a quarterback that I that on a normal week probably doesn't get a lot of two-minute offense reps, right? You put him in. What happens? Throws into triple coverage and throws the game-ending INT. I don't understand that coaching move from someone who is supposed to be one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. So Sean and I are sitting on my couch and we're drinking coffee, watching this game and, and they run up and they fake spike it. And Rich Eisen, like it just blows his mind. He's just like, it's a fake snap. Uh, I mean, a fake spike and it's intercepted. Like by the time he got fake spike out, the ball was being caught by the other team. The ball was already intercepted. Yeah. yeah. And me and Sean just sat there and just both started cackling. Because it was like, of course it ends like this. It was a great moment to share with Sean, for sure. To it watch was, the Patriots yes, go up. It was wonderful. Uh, they are a bad team, bottom line. They're a bad team. Um, and I think that this offseason could produce some significant change that we haven't seen from this organization since the turn of the century. Katie, what are your thoughts? I don't have many. I We knew their offense wasn't going to be very good, but I had higher hopes for their defense. And the whole team is just deeply unwatchable to me. I didn't wake up super early to watch the game. I watched the highlights of it and that felt like a painful watch. Like this isn't a Colts team that they should be looking that brutal against, but yeah, it just, what a mess that team is right now. I like, I wonder what the moves are going to be if they hire a GM or if wholesale Belichick is on, like house. I, wholesale cleaning. It house. has to be. Who do you guys think right now on this day, the quarterback will be next year for the new England? Not Patriots? Mac Jones. Um, I think that ship has just about sailed. Yeah. And there's no option B because Bailey Zappi is not the guy and Malik Cunningham's not the guy, but they may end up picking high enough to have a shot at one of these quarterbacks in this draft. And, and it could be a full scale change in new england something that we have not seen in a long time um but it's not gonna That's be what i'm thinking well just it's just not all right uh my loser for week 10 is the cleveland browns because of what we just discussed um that people here i don't know if you felt this last weekend sean because you didn't see them win until you were in the airport you sent me a great video of fans reacting in cleveland hopkins airport when the kick went through let the me just Let me just set the scene with you. We are. I was standing in front of a Panini's, which is like a fake Permanis Brothers. Hey, and hey, you watch your tongue. No, it's fake Permanis Brothers. Anyway, it's basically a Cleveland sports bar in the airport, and people are going nuts. They're screaming, and security had to come over and see what this was about. And then all of a sudden, security just starts laughing because they realized what was going on. Um, and yeah, I stayed for the game-winning field goal. And... Um, uh, this one guy kept saying, he's like, man, I hope the pilot doesn't leave yet. What, 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 what group are they on? They're like, they're boarding all rows, man. It's like, shit. <laughs> um, I'm going to lay this in after the fact, but the video that Sean sent was fantastic because everyone's like, oh, yeah, woo. But one guy, I don't know, he looked pissed. He looked like he was a Ravens fan. He just goes, 
like just no, 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 no. He was was on my flight to Tampa, actually. Like a lot of those people were on my flight to Tampa. Um, And he was he was cheering. He's like, F yeah, slapping. He's like, let's get the F out of here. Let's go. Let's go (laughs) on to Pittsburgh. Like that's what he was saying. Like he was like fired up. It was great. It was it was it was good content. So since then, the Browns obviously have been hit with the news that we already discussed about Deshaun Watson and it's plan B, plan C. And we'll see where they go. Who knows? They could win Sunday and everything's fine, but everybody's on the edge of the cliff right now here. You know, the the ticket market exploded after they beat the Ravens. They're moving like hot cakes. You couldn't even find a seat. And then Wednesday comes and you find out about Watson. And it's like, now everyone's again, wait and see. We don't trust this team. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think that they're they're a loser because it was a huge win for them. And because it's Cleveland, they can never have nice things. They lose their quarterback right after he puts on his best performance as a Brown. And uh, they could be winners again if they win on Sunday. But right now, they are losers. Katie, who is your winner? Ooh, my winner. Um, Chicken mine dinner. this week is one, Robert Joshua Dobbs. This is just one of my favorite storylines of this NFL season. I was blown away at how he was able to step in and play so well. I was even more blown away when he had a week to prepare and how well he settled in. Um, Friend of the pod, Greg Rosenthal. Yes. He tweeted this and I think he put it best. He said, Josh Dobbs is legit magic. And that's, I think it sums it up just so perfectly. He was a magician in this game and he's just such a likable person off the field that he's so, so easy to cheer for. And he seems really brilliant and he's so personable. I don't necessarily know what his future is going to look like for the Vikings, but I'm excited to see where he's a starter next season. I think he will be. I hope this is a Geno Smith story. Ooh, I, like I do. That. Yeah. And, I, and I could see it trending that direction. Yeah. Um, I think I think this is more a Case Keenum story. Oh. Or will be. Minnesota, very but familiar if with you that. remember... We still had one miraculous moment with Case Keenum, right? So um, we'll see where it goes. I'm happy for Josh Dobbs. You know, uh, he was drafted a Steeler, you know, played with the Steelers for a while, has bounced around. I, I don't want to say he never got his shot because he definitely did get his shot. He's had a lot of chances to start in the league, but really was never able to put it together. But he he is putting something together this season, um, especially in Minnesota, where it just seems – I don't know. It just seems you're right, magical. And and you can't help it but root for the guy. You know, the, the thing that impressed me the most was the way he converted third downs in that game. Uh there was a number oh, of Oh, don't uh, get technical on us, Nick. Don't don't <laughs> don't get technical. We're talking to. about magic. He's th- intangible magic. He's throwing through contact. He's scrambling for his life and scores a rushing touchdown when he had a guy open to throw to and said, Screw it. I'm jo- I'm Bob Dobbs. Damn it. I'm Bob <laughs> Josh Bob Dobbs. Dobbs. Yeah, that's why he goes by Josh, I'm sure, because who wants to be Bob? As, as one former college coach that I've covered would say, hey, man, his grit score was off the charts. Off the charts, scores a touchdown, builds a huge lead, and then they go conservative, and they don't do anything in the second half, and it didn't even matter because they still hung on and won the game. Uh, it's really fun to watch. That's all I have to say. It's really, really fun yeah. to watch. Uh, who's your winner, Sean? Uh, my winner would be the Houston Texans playoff chances. Nick, if you remember last week on the pod, you asked me uh, to take a couple of predictions, and one of them was Bengals-Texans. I said, I think I'm going to pick the Texans. And you're like, well, that's fine because I'm picking the Bengals. 
Man, C.J. Stroud hitting him with the O.H. in the end zone. He looks I, – I can't we can't say it enough. He looks like the real deal. I, I think at this point we can say he is the real deal. But the Texans, man, they're starting to believe. They're starting to believe in their rookie quarterback. They're starting to believe in their rookie coach. And they're starting to believe in themselves. And that is something special. You want to talk about, you know, in, intangibles? Belief is something that is intangible. But, I mean, you're seeing it on the field right now in Houston. We have some breaking news again from F1, not to cross over subjects, but the session tonight will not be resumed because track repairs are needed. Oh my God. Off to a hot start, baby. All those people who paid for those tickets saw about three minutes of action. F1 oh, in Vegas. I have so baby. many feelings about the Vegas GP. Let's rush through on a night. All right, yeah, come on. Let's, let's, let's get through the NFL. Uh, I do on, to mention, Vegas, on to Vegas. On to Vegas. DJ Stroud made it up to number five in my QB index because I totally agree with what you're saying, Sean. He looks awesome. Runaway winner of NFL Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm. Could even enter the MVP conversation. I was He's about to say, when do we start to put him in the MVP conversation? Because for me, he deserves to be in that conversation right now. You remove him from the equation. And the Texans are back to being a, a one or two win team. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard a lot of chatter this week. It's not best week. player in the league. It is most valuable player. Exactly. The Texans, I'll be honest, they made the jump way sooner than I could have ever expected. I was really hard on them after their draft. I didn't think their team was complete enough for those to make those, them to make those moves. They've completely proven me wrong. I think the combination of D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud and how well he's playing that whole team just looks fun to watch, which what a gift on Sundays after how many seasons of them being not as watchable. Yeah, this is a city that saw its quarterback actively say, I don't want to play for you anymore. And then they go get a guy who's better than me anyway. I mean, that's talk. That is yep. winning in a nutshell right there. That is winning. Uh, my winner from week 10 is going to be the Denver Broncos, because folks, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but if you counted them out, you might be regretting it right now. They're on fire, baby. They are now. Four and five, which you'd think four and five, that's not great, but they're in the AFC West. They're in an AFC conference that because of the Bengals' loss and because of where Houston and Indianapolis and Vegas and Cincinnati and Buffalo are, they're not that far away from thinking about playoffs. Right now, the seven seed is the five and four Texans. That's a one-game difference. Look out, Russell Wilson finally living up the expectation that went over Buffalo. And by the way, that went over Buffalo. Not pretty. But they got the job done, which often is a mark of a winning team or a team that's about to turn the corner. Do I think they're going to make the playoffs? No. But for one week, Broncos fans could sit back and think, we won. We won a big game, and I don't know who the hell my team is, but they're better than they were the seven or eight weeks prior. And that's all that really matters. Hope is what fuels the NFL through its weekly process in the, in the season. And damn it if Denver doesn't have some hope right now. So that's my winner. For that and big that, vibes based vibes. podcast this week, vibes we're all about the vibes here on the gridiron. Man, podcast. they look dominant in that first half, though. It did start to fall apart a bit, but Russ had a few plays where I went, Okay, yeah, okay, we're seeing the Russ that they traded for extending this third downs on just flipping the ball forward and stuff like that. Imagine that this it just simply doesn't look like the same team that gave up a 70 burger to the Dolphins. <laughs> what do you think's on a 70 burger, by the way? Um. Some bacon, some onion rings, yeah, maybe a poached egg. Ooh, yeah. Poached I have egg. a lot of burger thoughts. I feel like a lot of burgers, as they get bigger, get bigger upwards, and I think they need to get bigger outwards. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about plate size. There. Let's talk about uh, you're eliminating room for the steak fries, the best fry to complement a burger, by the way. Not necessarily because you get those on a side plate yeah. if it's fries done like properly. Words, you don't eliminate them. Yeah, okay. But, but that – 
That is my burger thought. That's right. my if if we get wider medium take. I'm thinking about like production lines. Buns got to be bigger. Burgers going to be bigger. Lettuce cuts got to be big. Tomatoes they got to grow them larger because you got to cover no, more of the don't. burger. You just no, add more. Tomatoes. You don't grow them. Oh, I'm just okay. add three slices. Monsanto's on the line, baby. They said they said you want your tomatoes twice as wide. We got you. We'll genetically modify those things. This is gonna be the tomato that complements every Caldwell burger in North America, not just America, but North America. Katie, I can't wait to be at a restaurant one day and you sit down and say, what would you like? And I'll say, uh, I'll have a wedge salad and a Caldwell burger. And they'll look at me and say, yeah, good choice, sir. You have great taste. And I'll be like, nah, luckily I know the creator. She's a dear friend. <laughs> it means wow, what? we got off topic here. <laughs> this is what we do in the Gridiron Podcast. We, we digress, or yeah. as our friend likes to say, I digest. All right, time for America's favorite game show. Katie's most hated game show, but she is going to participate against her will because that's what she does. That's the sacrifice she makes for the Gridiron Podcast. It's time for... Do you even know? know? All right, Sean is in the crosshairs today after he destroyed me last week with branding-based questions. And I will say, I'm, I'm, I'm probably jinxing myself, but what happened last time out when I was on? What happened? He went what a, happened? The first perfect three for three in the history of the Gridiron Podcast, which is now 20 episodes deep today. Sean, you are a Hall of Famer. You're on a Hall of Fame track. You're not quite there yet. We'll see how long the podcast ah, lasts before we enshrine you. Today's Look topic. Pick up the mic and sit back. All he's like LeBron at the, at the Get finals. Out of here. They're like, LeBron, what happened? And he's like, well, you know, we dominated. I don't know what to tell you. I'm the best player on the planet. I'm the best player of Do You Even Know in the history of Do You Even Know. <laughs> out of three, he's the best. Today's topic. Great players in fantasy football history. Sean fancies mm. himself as a great fantasy football player a great gm not this week oh my or not this year sorry average team names one would say but good gm nonetheless okay my my team name is named after my grandfather thank you very much yeah i know and i'm, I'm going to continue to call you average for the rest of time uh so our first question i will deliver here sean do you even know which receiver led the NFL in touchdowns five times in his career and posted the best season of his Hall of Fame career in 2007? There are clues built into these questions. Sean's thinking. Is that a crayon on your mouth? It's a, uh, oh, it's one of those artsy pens. Yeah. Say it one more time. Pull it back up here. Which receiver led the NFL in touchdowns five times and posted the best season of his Hall of Fame career in 2007? I have two thoughts. Um, I, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. He should be. Is it Marvin Harrison? Eh, wrong. Ah. Oh for one. Hall of Fame performance not coming tonight. Dang. Katie, time for question number is, two. Is, is, well, who, well, who is it? it the, answer was, the answer was Randy Moss. I would see that was my second guess, but for some reason I wanted to say Marvin Harrison. Damn. Um Straight is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. That's okay. All right. Katie. Sean. Do you even know? Which player pioneered the role of a three-down back and propelled fantasy owners to titles between 1997 and 2001? 
tough questions for Sean this week. Testing Sean's football knowledge. Does it stretch all the way back to Neil O'Donnell? We'll find out. Did he have gold all in his teeth? No hints. Oh, Katie. Ruthless. I want to say I hit I I say, one time and I'm cocky about this game. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hold him to a standard. <laughs> I want to say Edron James. <laughs> what? I. That was not my answer. You didn't let me finish. Well, if you hey, tossed that was right, then we'd give it to you, but okay. I was going to say I want to say Edron James, but I believe he was drafted after 1997. Um, ooh, Marshall Falk. Oh! <laughs> He was close, and his brain led him to the answer. That is correct. Marshall Falk is the answer. Sorry, Katie. Damn well it. Done, Sean. I, I, I see again. That was a case of me outthinking myself, and I did in that first answer. And I was like, it has to be Randy Moss. But what if it's Marvin Harris? All right. And I let myself run wild. Not this time. Are we ready for question number three, Sean? All right. I had a hint built in here, but I'm going to actually take some of it out. Which receiver? We're all about receivers here. Led the NFL, uh, oh no, not led the NFL. He ranked top in the top ten in fantasy points from 1999 to 2006 as part of a renowned high-flying offense. Well, it's a receiver, and what were the years again? 1999 to 2006. Led he was in the top ten in fantasy points each season from 1999 to 2006. Oh, high-flying offense. Isaac Bruce. Oh, that's a good guess, but no, the answer is Marvin Harrison. Oh, don't you feel very upset now? (laughs) Got your ass. I thought about him again, too, but I'm like, no. No, it can't be. As he guessed it the first time, I was like, oh, I got him on question three, baby. This one's over. Oh, you got me. You did get me. You did get me. As soon as you said high flying, it was like greatest show on turf. It's got to be the greatest ah, show on turf, that's, right? That's, be the yeah, okay, turf. so in my original question, mm. I had more hints built in that would have led you right to the, the what bottom. Was the, what was the question? The, like, what, the, what was the, the original writing was which mild-mannered receiver ranked in the top 10 in fantasy points from 1990 to 2006 as part of a high-flying AFC offense. And I said, you know what? That's uh, going to yeah, give it away. I, I would have then said, I would have then said Marvin. Exactly. Harrison. And that's why we took it out because it's got to be tough here on Do You Even Now? So, Sean, your score, one for three. Not quite a Hall of Fame performance, but hey, even the best. But you know what? I was on the right day. track. I had, I, had, I had their names in my mind. And what does close say. only count in? Horseshoes and hand grenades. Yep, and we're not playing either of those. So that rounds out another thrilling edition of... Do you know? Oh my God, you guys are in sync. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. This was our best podcast of being in sync. Yeah. Saying, do you know? Maybe, Katie, you shouldn't go back to your condo. Maybe you should just live there permanently. I like the wire fencing there. Please let me go home. All right, let's shift gears to Formula One, where, as we've discussed already, they're in Vegas, baby. Viva Las Vegas, where it's a Glasses nightmare. Are coming back on. It's a nightmare. Sean's putting his sunglasses on. It's a night on. race, and it's a nightmare. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, the temperatures could threaten tire grip. Uh, the track is uninspired. Uh, I got a text from a buddy who lives in Vegas who said people who have commutes that are usually 15 minutes now have to allot an hour to get to work because of all the obstruction that the track paddock and everything else has created in Vegas, which as you, if you've been to Vegas, you know, it's a tourist downtown and then it's just communities around it. Like 
it's not the biggest city in the world, but it was a city that F1 identified as a place they wanted to be. They wanted to put a night race in November because they don't understand how desert climates work in November. And uh, I'm ready for the disasters. Charles Leclerc already kicked it off by uh, having his engine blow up in FP1. Well, now hold on. Now hold on. None of what you said was actually accurate. Um, None. It was Carlos Sainz, not Charles. Oh, Clark, you lied. So, you lied. Right. I did. I couldn't see the number. Okay, they changed the paint on their car, and I couldn't see the number. It was. It was Carlos, and his car didn't blow up. What happened was he sucked up a storm drain um, lid cap, whatever you want to call yes! it, into his car. Yes. Esteban Ocon also did. This is all happening live, by the way, uh, during their first practice, during free practice one. It just wrapped up about five minutes ago they still had another half hour of free practice one and they canceled it because two cars sucked up those metal covers for a storm drain how do you not not the big manhole ones but like the small ones about the size of a softball they went over them so fast that they sucked them up causing damage to their cars well that's probably a safety issue so now they're not going to restart it because they have to go and replace Every single one around the track and make sure they are safe. Why don't they just take them out? We are five minutes into the most highly anticipated F1 race in history. And that is not an exaggeration. And 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 there's another practice later tonight, in theory. We have a lot of issues already. Nick, you mentioned the weather. Yes, it gets cold in Las Vegas this time of year. Surprise, surprise. Um, The low for um, Saturday night in Las Vegas, Sunday morning, everywhere else, is 37 degrees Fahrenheit. That would break the record by three to, by four degrees Fahrenheit, that is, for the coldest F1 race in history. The current record was set by Katie's lovely home country of Canada uh, back in like the 1970s at five degrees Celsius or 41 degrees Fahrenheit. Thank you for They're going to break that this weekend. They're going to break that. That's colder than it is in Cleveland Ooh. right now. We could have had a Cleveland GP before a Vegas GP. My God, that's horrible. I, and also, I got to admit right now, I don't know what I'm having a tougher time taking seriously, the Vegas GP or Sean wearing those sunglasses. Cause it's, I'll take them off. They're, they're, they're a little distracting. I mean, uh, it's, it's... But I do look good. Yeah, it's good entertainment. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, I mean, Katie, what, what the hell's going on out there? Oh, that's an excellent question, my friends. This, frankly, was a shit show from the beginning. As you mentioned, Nick, it interrupted traffic in an absolutely brutal way. My mm. friends in Vegas too have said the exact same thing. Everyone's been impacted by it. Oh, by they the way, get to... Haley on the phone like right now. What's up? I said get Haley on the phone right now. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show, Haley McGoldrick, is down in Vegas right now. She has a paddock pass. Ooh. She is living it up down there. She did a helicopter tour and got to see the Ooh. track from above. I love this. Kill them, Haley. Haley, kill them. Kill them. We'll have to bring her back on just to recap how chaotic her experience was. I, I'm, by the way, you can tell her I said this. I'm living just vicariously through her. Me too. I yeah. turned on her post notifications. So For I real. Like on update. Instagram, following all her stories. Like, oh, yeah. she's in a helicopter. Now she's having an espresso martini in the paddock. What the hell? Well, and she's someone that works really, really hard. So she very much deserves oh, this. Sure. But... Back to the GP. So they tried to privatize the public walkways across the street. And very naturally, all of the film that they put on it got torn down, as it should be, because they want all these people to travel to Vegas for this Grand Prix. And then you don't even want people to be able to see Vegas, like all of those walkways well, across the street. Let me, let me, all right. So 
I will be to be fair. Um, no, I think they do that I know, at every. Race. I know, yeah, but Sean, what you're every talking about bridge. is like if you know the the footbridges that are just installed in Vegas to get across the strip and not have to wait for the traffic because that traffic on that street is nonstop. Like she's yes. talking about that, not like the box coverings that they have to do for safety. She's talking like no, I know. That's what I mean. No, I know, I know, but they yes, they covered that with film, but then they are also putting boxes over those yeah. as well. They do that at every race. They cover up any any and all footbridge traffic with basically plywood boxes and it's it, yes it is so you can't watch the race from the bridge but it's also so someone can't throw something over the bridge because imagine you're traveling 200 miles down you know las vegas boulevard and you get hit with a, a beer can or or, or you a know, small or an aluminum cover, cup a small or a penny or something train yeah, anything cover that got so up by ground effect of a car i i understand imagine that like, happened twice Ooh, who could have thought that? Like, I, I get it. I get the outrage over that because they did it a couple weeks in advance, but they were going to do it regardless. So I understand that. But at the same time, it is a sa- it really is a safety issue. They do it at IndyCar races as well. To a certain extent, like I, I understand covering it so you can't throw things over, but the, the film just felt really frustrating, especially because yeah. so many locals have been put out for so long over all of the traffic rerouting. And then you want people to come visit your city and you don't even want to show it off. Like the strip is the most iconic part of Vegas and you're just going to cover it right off. Like if I'm a local and if I've been putting up with this BS for how many months, I'd at least like to go down and just watch it on a (laughs) pedestrian bridge. But anyways, I'll go on. I have more gripes about this Vegas GP. The initial prices were offensive. They've come down drastically because there simply wasn't the demand, which there's just not that many loaded, rich-ass people in this world. I genuinely feel bad for the people that bought them right away because they have totally plummeted. But they were so laughable because they think that the Vegas GP is a, is better than attending a race in Monaco. Like, tell me which one would you honestly rather go to, Vegas or Monaco, when racing-wise, I think Monaco's going to be better based on what we've seen already. I just... So the VIP ticket for the entire race weekend is $1 million USD. (laughs) $1 million for a VIP ticket. $1 million. If I'm paying Canadian money, is it cheaper? No, no, Canadian money, that's like a billion. (laughs) (laughs) Not not accurate statistics here. Not at all. But the whole thing is just so frustrating because... (laughs) <laughs> the FIA director, they're talking about how, oh, yeah, the organizers didn't necessarily anticipate the weather. It's like, how? it's November and it's at night. Like, I've been to Vegas in November and it gets so cold it at night. It gets cold, yeah. You literally had one job and it's to check average temperatures at one in the morning in Las Vegas in November. And it's going to tell you it's cold AF. <laughs> I want to know, it, like, at some point, did someone think, well, we finished the season in Abu Dhabi. That's a desert. Las Vegas. That's the week before. That's a desert. Um, <laughs> yeah, but North America and the Middle East desert. are in two completely different. I, I don't know if you know this, but you know, they're very far apart. <laughs> wow. <laughs> two different but in terms deserts. of Nick, how you were talking about how cold it's going to be, it could be different if the track was set up where you could easily keep the heat in your tires. But the way that the track is designed, there it's. I look at it as closest to maybe Monza with the super pull up a, long pull up street. Pull outline of the track. Well, pull it, up an it, outline it of the track. Like a pig, first off. Spider no, pig, no, as many it people. It looks like spider pig. So spider many pig. people. I said, I said that to Bridget. She goes, spider what? Pig. I was like, like, even F1, even, even like F1 teams have like started joking about, it's like, does he spin a web? No. 
Because he's a pig, or whatever, how it goes. Does whatever a spider pig does. Oh, sorry. Carl's not pleased Dogs are barking downstairs. Does whatever Carl does. Here's the thing, though. Everyone wants to come for this race, for what they're doing wrong, for how they're treating fans. That is a spider pig. Tell me I'm wrong. That's a spider spider pig. pig. Spider pig. Everyone wants to come for this race. Everyone wants to come for F1. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Like you can do the same thing with the NFL. You can do the same thing with the Olympics. You can do the same thing with the World Cup. Doesn't matter. The Super Bowl is still going to happen. The World Cup is still going to happen. The Olympics are still going to happen. And the F1 Grand Prix here in Las Vegas is still going to happen. Max Verstappen last night at the opening ceremonies, because this is one of the races with a weird opening ceremony where they introduce all the drivers. And he was like, I didn't like it. I felt like a clown. Like we were just up there standing around. Good. Guess what? You're paid millions of dollars. People are paying millions of dollars to come see you you're gonna stand there you're gonna effing like it buddy uh, i don't necessarily agree with that as someone like i've lived in the states i've spent a ton of time there as an outside and canada has a lot of similarities and parallels to the united states the fanfare is pretty funny as an outsider. Like I see it at Coda all the time where you see like the cheerleaders and you see all the big American flags and stuff. And it is kind of funny. You're like, Oh, America. <laughs> and then because it, when, you, when you look at it compared to the European ones, it, it's just such a different vibe and such a different style. Ugh, and I feel yeah. like we're so desensitized to it when we watch the NFL. Cause it's totally like America yeah. personified. But it's funnier when you see it kind of mixed in with a lot of more classic European styles of that. But he, when Max was talking about it, he was saying that he felt like a clown standing up there. And he had some pretty harsh words about it. And he said that the Vegas GP was 99% show and 1% sporting event. And that he tried racing it on the F1 game. And he said he hit the walls more than he was going straight. And that he hopes that's not the case when he's actually driving there. But I I do kind of see that where I know a lot of people were frustrated by the spectacle of the driver intros and stuff from Miami. Like, I get that if you're more of a pure racing fan that you kind of look at that and you're like, okay, America. Because there has been a really, really big boost. I think the Drive to Survive boost with American viewership But I think they thought that it would translate, okay, let's get all these races there. Let's set this up in Miami and Vegas and jack the prices and everybody's going to love it. But like the reality is, is people just don't have the crazy money to be able to go, especially to all three. Like if I'm going to one American race, I'm going to Coda because it does have history there. And I think it's the best racetrack that I would like to see it at. Yeah. It would have been cool to go to Vegas, but I would have liked to have gone more so for just seeing the shit show rather than actually <laughs> being interested in the race. Katie likes to watch car crashes and not literal F1 car crashes, but just any car crash. You know what? I, there is something to be said about Miami, though. I do, I do enjoy Miami. Um, the whole driver introduction thing, like, you're right. We see that in the NFL, but we do see it a lot in American motorsport, too. The, the Daytona 500, the Indy 500, where drivers are introduced by the rows on which they're going to race in, um, by their name. They're, you know, you get the fireworks, you got the, the light show going, you got the music. So, like, this is, yeah, the, this is America. I, God, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Like Go it on. or leave it. No, oh, oh, gross. Um, I'm know, sorry. Do you yeah. into the sun. <laughs> Do you know what it feels like? Mm. What it feels like is um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you get what I was trying to say. Yeah, and honestly, the the vomiting thing is actually kind of good, Sean, because 
it feels like a rookie or like a newbie showing up to a party. It feels like an 18 year old at her first college party. And then, and at they, she shows up at nine and at 10 30, she's throwing up over the front porch. Like that's, that's what American F1 races feel out front is, uh, yeah, well, here's all these big, the rock is doing the intros in Miami. You don't get that feeling quite as much a Coda. You get all the stars and stripes in the car, which I think is a little excessive anyway, but you definitely are getting it in Vegas. I think it's hilarious that this is a nightmare so far, and it's perfect that FP1 ended that way because F1 has done nothing but just throw out tons of propaganda, state media saying why why Vegas is going to be the biggest spectacle in the history of motorsports, why this is going to be Christian Horner, the biggest sporting event on the planet, bigger than the Super Bowl, bigger than the World Cup, all of that. It's going to be the biggest show in the, in the sporting calendar for the year. And so far, it's a disaster. And I just can't see it getting any better. In fairness, they could be correct with it being a gigantic spectacle, just not in the way they were hoping. Yes. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I'm just, people are tuning in to see a show. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Not everyone. It's like, we're not, we're not in the circus. Dude, you kind of are. Like, you pack up. You, you're in town for one weekend and one weekend only. You travel all over the world. And, I mean, a lot of people say some funny stuff. like. You are in the circus, whether you like it or not. Like you're in the circus. Come on down to the county fairgrounds where we'll see the four ring circus featuring the great Max Verstappen, the driving wonder Lewis Hamilton, and some other guy. Some British boy named Lando. <laughs> we have exotic features as well. Come and check out our international slate of drivers. Even an American will be there. The hometown kid, Logan Sargent, this weekend and this weekend only at the Four Rings Circus. Oh, poor Logan Sargent. They made him wear a Vegas Golden Knights uniform for some, uh, like, Williams social media <clears throat> stunt. And he's <clears throat> a Florida Panthers fan. Ah, oh, the poor kid. Gross. Uh, we have a comment from our viewer. Lemon Bendy's asked Katie, can we get a shot of the dog on camera? <laughs> it's a Hold great on. question. Can, the both dogs see... have been relegated to the basement. Oh, Really if you crazy. remove the if you remove the the comment there, Lando is I uh, can't see him because my name's Lando's literally like right there, right here. We didn't ask for your dog. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All dogs are important, Nick. I know. John <laughs> turned his camera off. He's like, I'm it was a here. joke, I'm Sean. It was a joke. I'll make it up to you in the final segment. All right, let's do some predictions here before we close the show. Uh, podium predictions for the nightmare in Las Vegas. Not a Tim Burton movie, but it could be one of the ones that was left on the cutting room floor. Katie, we start with you. I've changed mine so many times. I don't know if you guys have peeked into the dock and seen how many times I've changed it. I've had some wild names in there. Simply because- wow. holy crap, you still it, got a wild one in there. This is well, as guys, least right wild now after as it- After FP1, Haas are in second and third. Yes. So yes. we might be in for a crazy race. <laughs> I just can't wait to see what the sphere is up to during race. Just emojis um, so the entire time. My podium, uh, there's a world, you guys, where I think that just a bunch of cars could crash out on turn one. And I think that there could be a billion red flags. I'll start with my bold prediction because it'll give a little more nuance to my podium prediction. Uh, my bold prediction is chaos utter motherfucking chaos, multiple red flags, multiple safety cars, because teams can't keep temperature in the tires. So my podium, P1, I have Charles Leclerc. No. Oh. Well, if, if chaos reigns, Katie, then he can win. Like, right? Like, if, if, if it's like opposite day in F1, 
where everything we know is not true because chaos is just the rule of the day, then yes, Charles Leclerc wins a race. Unfortunately, he would kind of need to rely on chaos to win because yes. Ferrari is naturally so chaotic that they just can't seem to do it on merit, even though they should be able to because they have the car in theory and the driver in theory. But I'm never going to blame Charles. I will always blame Ferrari and their car and their strategy and all that. P2, I have Fernando Alonso back on the podium. Yeah. I see him being someone that could really thrive in chaos and maybe start in the midfield. And if there's a bunch of shit happening, then he just kind of averts and goes around. P3, I have Alex Albon. Woo! We're doing it. Fire we it went up, there. baby! Oh, fire it right up. I just feel like the Williams, they're strong in a straight line. There's a lot of straight lines on this track. I just feel like, again, he could be starting in P12, and who knows if everybody crashes out in front of him. Take your opportunity. Some of the names that I did have in there. Esteban Ocon, he was in there for a bit. Removed oh, have him. you seen his helmet, by the way? Yes. Wow. He's wearing a Deadpool helmet because of Ryan Reynolds investing in the team. And Ryan Reynolds is in Las Vegas this weekend. He's wearing a red helmet with the Deadpool diamonds. Oh, it's awesome. Amazing. And Ryan Reynolds gave him a pink bracelet that says, Daddy. <laughs> I didn't see that, but I love that. There's, it, it's, on their, it's on their Instagram. And he's like... And Ryan's like, is this for me? And uh, Esteban's like, yes, this is the helmet I'm going to be wearing. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, I got this for you. He's like, it's pink. It's like the car. He's like, yeah. He's like, he says, daddy. Exactly. <laughs> like Ryan is completely playing his character. And Esteban's like, it says, daddy. Okay. I love your SD accent in person. I can do a French accent. Uh, kind of. <laughs> That's questionable. I'm not going to confirm <laughs> that you can't, but I loved this one. <laughs> you speak French Canadian. It's completely different. Sure. <laughs> we'll split hairs on that. Uh, that's, I like your podium, Katie. That's, that chaos rules the day. That is chaotic. I'm all on board with that. Sean, what's your podium prediction? All right. We're going with my bold prediction first, which is Max's first DNF of the season. I too believe chaos will reign. And as an agent of chaos, I am just as Katie pours some more boxed wine into her Father's Day mug. <laughs> Happy Father's Day. It's Thursday. Live it up. Um, I, I too believe chaos will reign. So I think Max, uh, I don't know if it's going to be an instant where this, by the way, FP1, I think has proven my point and your point, Katie. Chaos will reign because cars are sucking up storm drains now um, and blowing up. So, yes, chaos will reign. So I think Max, it's some. This has to be. If if ever there were a race where Max is going to have a DNF, it's this race. It's this weekend. So I think it's finally going to happen. In third place, I've got Fernando Alonso. I'm thinking about drivers. Like if chaos is going to reign, which drivers don't make mistakes that often? Which drivers can like navigate their way through the crowd, through the chaos? Fernando Alonso. Okay, Aston isn't the best, but they took off all of their stupid little upgrades and the car has gone back to what it was at the beginning of the season. A good car. So I've got Fernando in P3. P2, which car is super fast in the straights? Mer uh, not Mercedes. Not Mercedes. Ferrari. <laughs> so Charles Leclerc. Um, I'm going with Ferrari P2 because he, had, he has been driving well recently. He just hasn't had good luck. So maybe it's Vegas. Maybe he does have a little bit of good luck. Maybe, you know, he hits triple cherries or whatever. And then I'm going with P1. It was his 24th birthday this week. Lando Aww. motherfucking Norris. Oh, you're just a baby. Aww, just a little baby. 
I like God, it. What was I doing? I turned 24. I was in Quincy, Illinois. Uh, I was anchoring sports. Uh, I was in LA. I was a train wreck at 24. <laughs> Not As much a, has changed. At <laughs> oh, no, I disagree wholeheartedly. No, and it's okay when I say it, but you can't say it. <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> we have another comment from the chatter. Uh, Lemon Bendy back for more. He says, I want everyone's pets. Uh, sorry to disappoint you. I don't have any pets. I have neighborhood cats that I consider my pseudo pets, but I don't bring them inside. because A lot of cats. A lot of cats. A lot of ghosts, ghosts in his neighborhood. Possibly ghosts. Our ghost pets. Ghosts. Find out next episode. All right, uh, my podium predictions real quick here. My bold prediction falling in line with you guys. Both of the Mercedes crash out because they're not feeling great about their car Ooh. again. And I saw one clip of a car spinning out on a turn. And I was just like, you know what? If a car is going to do it, it's going to be Mercedes, which couldn't manage its tire wear in its most recent outing and, and was getting just picked off like a sitting duck by other cars. So I don't know why Mercedes, no hate there. As a Red Bull fan, no hate. Uh, just it feels like if a team's going to wipe out both of its cars, Nothing against Lewis Hamilton or George Russell. It's going to be Mercedes. Uh, as for my podium in P3, I'm going to go a little bit more stock. Carlos Sainz, because if there's a Ferrari driver that can navigate the chaos, it's not Charles Leclerc. It's Carlos Sainz. I mean, so, he just sucked up a storm drain into his car, yeah. so we'll see how that plays in practice, apart. You know, that's why you take practice reps. So you learn how to avoid those storm drains. <laughs> Jesus, it's terrible. Uh, P2, the birthday boy, like Sean mentioned, Lando Norris. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride, at least not this season, but he'll get close. And because I'm going chalk, Max Verstappen, even though he crashed in the walls and is a big hater of this track. You know, that's one way to drive home your hate for a track, your absolute disdain for an event. You win the damn thing. Man. And then you go up there and you go, yeah, screw it. I didn't even want this anyway. I'm going home. That's what it's going to happen. It's going to be another <laughs> Max win. That's it. That wraps up podium i will say hold on real quick uh we just got a quote from the fia following inspection it was the concrete frame around a manhole cover that has failed we now need to check all of the other manhole covers which will take some time we will be discussing with the local circuit engineering team about the length of time it will take to resolve and we'll update with any uh resultant change resultant I've never used that word before. Resultant changes to the schedule. We are five minutes in to the Las Vegas Grand Prix, and manholes are just flying out of the concrete. Through the schedule. Welcome to Las amazing. Vegas, folks. Viva Las Concrete. <laughs> How old do you think that concrete is? What a mess. Weeks. There's a, the Weeks. sicko in me just loves the chaos, especially because they signed a 10-year contract. Oh, before my racing God, on the they track. did? That was going to be my question. Yes. yes. They signed a 10-year oh. contract, Nick. What's the bigger buyout? What, what, Jimbo Fisher's contract at Texas A&M or the buyout to get out of Vegas in F1? Probably good buy to get out of question. Vegas, but but Jimbo Fisher's contract is a monster. I will tell you this: you asked what will be on the sphere this weekend, the Las Vegas sphere. Um, I think it's that just going to be that meme, that GIF of Elmo with his hands in the air and fire <laughs> yes. all around him. But the fire is that animated. That should be the official GIF, the official meme of the Las Vegas Grand Prix, because chaos, ladies and gentlemen, will be raining down. Yes, yes, it will. All right, uh, time for our final segment of the podcast of the show. Hate or love it. Get the hate out of the way first. Katie, what's your hate? So my hate, guys, I hate that we're not all in Vegas together this Aww. weekend. Oh, we yes. had in our we have a text chain that is very active, and I'm very grateful for it. We lean on each other a lot, various ways. But Sean had thrown it out there like, what if the three of us went to Vegas? And my initial reaction is like, oh, I'm not really in travel mode. Like Carl's been sick and 
knock on wood, he's still with us, which is great. We didn't expect him to hang on this long. <laughs> but I'm not in a position of traveling simply because we definitely are in our final days together. But man, as the tickets kept plummeting and we kept checking in in the group chat, like, what if we just checked? What if we just what looked? If, what if we just did it? What if we pulled the trigger, y'all? We still and like watching time, Haley go down time. there, it's like, man, I have such bad FOMO. And I would like my first F1 race because I've never been to one. You guys are very lucky that you've been to F1 races. I'd like to go to a proper one and have it not be pure, unadulterated chaos. But the trip to Vegas just would have been fun. Yeah. And with the ticket prices going down so much, there, it would have been cool to be a part of the chaotic environment. Yeah. I hate that we're not there. It would have been a blast and the three of us could have gone out and none of the stories would be podcast appropriate because we all love to have a great time. But Miami, we're, come we're to Miami next Vegas. year. We can all get we'll like hotel Miami. rooms at the uh, Hard Rock Casino. Ooh, good the call. guitar hotel. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Chicken tender platter. Yeah. Yes. I need no further information. Way. I'm in. That's yep. all the convincing yep. I needed. We can do it yep. around my birthday, so I have an excuse to do it. Hell yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. That's a good hate. So it's Katie. settled. That's a good, yes, it is. We're doing it. It's planned. <laughs> but that is my hate. It would be so cool if not that we would do a live podcast from Vegas, but if this was a live podcast from Vegas, what a gift that would be for all of us. It would. Uh, I, I am just dreaming now. Sean, what's your hate? Uh, my hate is impromptu rainstorms. Okay, I live in Florida, and uh, half the year it rains. Oh, and we I know Florida. But this well, summer, this it didn't before. rain a lot. This, <laughs> yeah. this summer, it didn't rain a lot. The last three days, it has not stopped raining, and I have had to cancel stories twice because of the rain. We are dang near in December right now, and I am not used to having to cancel outdoor stories because of rain, but I've had to do that. So my week has been very frustrating. So weird rainstorms, man, just... And it's been like a misting rain, like a heavy, steady mist, almost like it's from like, you know, back in Ohio, Nick, like it's just, it doesn't let up. At it's like, just a constant March wetness. Mist, yes. Yeah. Where it's just yes, wet and it's cold. It's just weird. Yeah. And then at times it's pouring. So man, this rain is really throwing my uh, schedule out of whack. You know, it's so funny. Impromptu rainstorms. Bridget was, when I was out visiting Oakland, it was like misting just very slow, slightly. Like we were basically in the fog near the Golden Gate Bridge when we were on a, a bit of a hike. And, um, I'm like, I'm getting wet. She's like, yeah, because we're in the fog. She's like, this is what I thought like rain was until I moved to Ohio. And I was like, oh, oh. sweetheart, no, you don't know a real storm. Uh, so it's funny that you bring up that type of rain. Uh, we have a chime in from the chat. Katie's friend has come through. Club Fantasy FFL says Katie with a waving emoji. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Three exclamation points. And Hopefully then we, he did not start Mark Andrews tonight. We got another one. This is a new chatter. Uh, C. Muckan. Is that how you pronounce that? It says, pipe. That's me. That's my nickname on the Around the NFL podcast. Thanks for stopping by. That's my nickname. No, you're Pipes. I'm the Pipe. Pipe Sportsbook. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes. So thank you for stopping by. I appreciate your viewership, your listenership, and your continued support of both podcasts. Stick around. This is episode 20. Many more to come. Uh, I'm going to go to my hate real quick in this last, last segment of the show. My hate is Major League Baseball. We don't talk about baseball mm. on this show. As a whole? Why? Because the owners unanimously approved the A's move to Las Vegas. And look, Oakland has not supported its professional sports teams because they don't have the money for it. But damn it, they came through with the money that was asked for in the 11th hour. And the owner, his last name's Fisher. He doesn't show up to games. He doesn't do press conferences. He doesn't show his face in public most oftentimes and take the criticism that he so very much deserves for doing this to Oakland. 
uh, has gotten approval from all the other owners. And I think it's wrong. The A's belong in Oakland. I went to a game out there with Bridget this uh, in August because I felt, well, they're going to be leaving soon probably. So we got to go to a game before the Oakland Coliseum stands like the Astrodome, completely useless. And um, I felt a lot of camaraderie there and a lot of similarities to Cleveland, except the difference is Cleveland fought to keep its baseball team, build a new stadium, renovates it consistently. They're doing renovations right now, and it makes for one of the better experiences in Major League Baseball. And there's no excuse and there's no explanation that you couldn't create the same thing in Oakland. They had different designs for a park right along the water in Jack London Square, and it never went through. And now that Oakland actually kind of came through with the money, the owner had already decided he's going to Vegas. Vegas, baseball in Vegas. We just talked about F1 being a disaster in Vegas for half hour, 45 minutes. You're going to tell me that baseball in the dead of summer in a desert is going to work out well? Plus, it's not a sports town. The Raiders have done well. Uh, the Aces have won two titles there, and that's great. The Vegas Golden Knights, they won a Stanley Cup. But overall, it's a tourist town. That baseball team deserves a city with residents that live there, that have been there, that are generational, and they support their team. And all the fans I talked to, I just looked at them and I thought, this is not right. I felt a lot like the, I would have felt if I was a conscious human when the Browns left for Baltimore. I That's feel what like, I felt with the Raiders when they left. Yeah. Well, see, here's the thing. I feel like the, 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 the A's are the team Vegas didn't ask for. The, the team Vegas doesn't even want to like, exactly. hey, we got, we, got, we, we got the Knights. Awesome. We got the Aces. Awesome. We're finally a pro sports town. We're getting the Raiders even better. You said the Raiders have done well. Thanks to away fans traveling to Vegas. Yeah. I mean, that stadium, yeah. that stadium <laughs> exactly. is a is a home game for every team with a decent, with even a halfway decent fan base that goes there. When Buffalo, Green Bay, New England, San Francisco, Cowboys. Pittsburgh go there. It's not even fair. Because you make it a weekend I mean, it's in not Vegas. Even fair. You're like, oh, let's exactly. go to Vegas and watch. Exactly. Um, that's the reason the Raiders have done well there. When you look at the A's, it's like, oh, the A's are coming? Cool. They're gonna I guess. they're gonna build a billion dollar stadium and never fill it. I will say this though. Oakland let it get to this point. It did. They I know did. they, they did. didn't have the money yes. for it, but they let it get to this yes. point. It's not like this was a new problem. It's not like the Coliseum was a new problem. The writing was on the wall for decades, and they just let it go and go and go and go until this point. As someone that covers a team that's threatened to leave, threatened to play half its games in Canada, half its games in Florida, threatened to move down the road to Orlando, it's it's just... it. The, the MLB wanted to keep the Rays in Tampa. The MLB did not care about keeping two teams in the Bay So area. my silver lining to this, this is my last ditch hope, is that they move, they keep the A's name and colors in Oakland, and eventually they get an expansion team with a new stadium. Because that's a fan base that will show up for a good yes, baseball team, but this is will. an ownership that is not invested, intentionally not invested in this team in years. And if you got new well, owners, new money, new blood, it'd be a better situation. The MLB voted unanimously to move the A's to Vegas in 2028. The lease with the Coliseum ends after next year. Yeah. So what are you going to do for 2025, yeah. 26, and 27? If I'm Oakland, man, I get real petty real fast. I don't know where you're going to go. Yeah. Good luck. Goodbye. Yep. I don't want you to be here for, here for another this, three years. Th Bye. This it's not like happened. you're bringing in money. It's not like we're giving you our money. We're spending money on you. No. 
go find somewhere else. They're going to go play in, what, San Antonio, San Diego, somewhere with a sand in their names? I don't know. Yeah, this actually almost happened to the Raiders, and then they struck a deal in the 11th hour to stay in the Coliseum for one more year. But it's football. It's different. It's an event. Baseball, this is so another games. three years. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. And you know what? Good on Oakland for playing hardball in that situation. You think that we actually came through with the money and you're already done with us? Well, fine. We're done with you. Find somewhere else to play. That, that's going to be very interesting. Thank you for the follow, by the way. See Muck in. You can come hang out whenever you want. We do this podcast pretty much every week. Always here on Twitch, also on YouTube. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon's platform, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find it, edit it down for your audio consumption. Open your ears, listen to our voices. Uh, Katie, what is your love of this week? Sorry if everyone could just hear Carl grunting beside me. No, just, heard just, the, tap. just the tap. <laughs> just the tippy taps. My love this week. So I grew up a Vancouver Canucks fan. And it's been a pretty tough scene for us. And then I fulfilled my childhood dream when I started covering the Canucks on sports radio out of Vancouver from Kimberly. Um, and they were shit. They have been an awful team for a long time. And uh, the Canucks are a bit of a wagon right now. But Ooh. how about now? Um, how about now? And I kind of love it. Yeah. So, I have kind of largely stepped away from hockey as a fan. Most of my career has actually been covering hockey, and um, I found that it became work for me very quickly. And the culture is just kind like it, it's just digs into you, especially as a woman. It's just hockey fans aren't the most welcoming people, and it, that's a whole different conversation. But. I find that my relationship with hockey had really changed and I had really pulled back as a fan. And this is a year that I decided, let's just watch the Canucks and see what happens and let's lean into the nostalgia of it. My mom's a huge Canucks fan. My family's all from Vancouver originally and they looked kind of good. And then they won and then they kept winning and then they kept winning and they're one of the best teams in the league. They're winning the West right now. It might be different because I think they lost to the Flames tonight. But the top three scorers in the league are all Canucks players and all of it is happening very fast. And guys, I kind of love it. I kind of love it. I'm being sucked back in and I'm happy to be back because I thought that my relationship with hockey was tarnished forever. But there are a lot of good people in the sport doing really great things to change the culture. And I have a lot of dear friends in the sport. And I'm allowing myself emotionally to be back. Yeah. We are so back. We're so back. Isn't it great when you open your heart to your sports team again? It's awesome. Oh, it's so nice because, man, did they hurt me in so many ways. Can I give you some advice, Katie? I don't don't know. I don't know if I I, want this. Don't go pirates. Don't go pirates. Pirates. Yeah, you know that one year you guys were kind of good, and you were like, oh, yeah, yeah. pirates." Yeah, about that. Uh, well, first of all, before I give you the advice, um, don't burn down your city, please. Don't do that. Just don't any rioting. Just don't get involved in that. You Not know, again. you just Not don't again. tend to do that a little bit. You tend to do that just again. It's happened twice. Just Too soon. Relax. Just, Too soon. Just relax. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> It was 12 years ago. It was um, June 15, 2011. It was just like a few moments ago. It's fine. Where were you? Um, I was on my couch watching it from, mm-hmm. I think yeah. I lived in Cranbrook at the time. Here, here's yeah, my advice I wasn't to in you. Vancouver flipping cop cars. If something makes you happy, if watching your favorite hockey team makes you happy, 
it, it's it's fine. It's okay. Embrace it. Have fun with it. You don't need to feel guilty because, well, the culture somewhere made you feel some type of way. Enjoy what brings you back to that childhood memory. Enjoy what you know gives you gives you joy in this life. I mean, I feel like I've had to wrestle with that a lot of times too, um, especially heck with the, the Ben Roethlisberger stuff. Like, do I root for this? guy that you know looks kind of shady yeah i'm going to uh i don't have to root for him specifically but i i'm gonna root for what he plays for and what he fights for and what he is representing which is my city and my team i don't have to like the guy or wow what was the um what was the Derek carr quote no no love the man hate the sin oh uh, right yeah like you you, you can still you can still enjoy your hockey team, and I'm glad you are. I'm glad you are. All right, Sean, let's I can now, but the the advice, I do hear what you're saying, but when you're covering a team and you get multiple death threats, it makes it hard to well, enjoy watching the Well, now that you said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, just a little up. bit of, of a devil's avocado. I, okay. It's nice Didn't to not have covering. all the information there, clearly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this hockey fans can be a little bit wild. <laughs> But now everybody's less mean that I don't talk about them professionally, which is great. Y'all really like in Vancouver, like it's boomer bust with y'all. <laughs> yeah, we're in that. We're intense folks in British Columbia. <laughs> Sean, what's your love? Uh, coming up to Cleveland last week, man, had a blast. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, Nick took me to all his local haunts. Went to a, a diner where the, the the waitress came up. She's like, "All right, you know what you're getting? Extra extra eggs, extra eggs." There we go. Um, that was a fun time. Had a headache both mornings I was there, but it was a, it was a good headache. Um, bumpiest plane ride ever on the way back to Florida. I do not like bumpy plane rides, but um, it was a great time. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Oh, that's my love too. Thank you for coming up. We had a blast, man. We. We painted the town red. We went to a Christmas pop-up bar and had a great time. (laughs) We went to a a Christmas club. Yeah. It was... uh, We ran into people that we did, like, college TV with. Yeah. It was wild. Which that happens in Cleveland. Randomly. Yeah. Uh, But we had a great time. And I appreciated the company and the intent of why you came up. Um, It was sorely needed. And uh, I'm going to look back on that weekend for a while and be like, man, that was a blast. I can't wait till we do it again. So thank you for taking the time, spending the money to come up here. We went and shot pool. We met a, a, a pro skater and then watched him try to steal this guy's girl in like 90 seconds, which was wild. Oh, that was awesome. And he pulled it off. I wanted to fight him too. And then, But he was also annoying and became like kind of a hanger on of sorts uh before he ditched and which is thank god but we had a lot of fun we had a whole lot of fun katie got a nice little facetime from us as we walked from the flats across the superior bridge in cleveland it's a pretty long it was iconic i'm like hey katie this is what cleveland looks like what are you doing and sean's like 30 feet ahead and he's like we're getting food and then our friend taylor my friend taylor is like another 30 feet ahead he's like i'm ordering an uber and i was like no we'll walk home and katie just got to witness all of it firsthand so it was a lot of fun, but that is also my love. And that is episode 20 of the Gridiron Podcast, a marathon of a podcast. We had a lot to discuss with F1, which felt good because it felt like recently we didn't yeah. have that much to talk about with F1. And by the way, before we go, I just have to show you one more thing. If I click enough buttons in, in the quick enough time, um, we talked about that FP1 being uh, abandoned. Here's God. why. Yeah.
There it is. <gasps> no. That is the manhole cover getting ripped off. You can see the concrete right there. We don't have a telestrator, but you can see the white bit on the left side of that of that manhole <laughs> is just ripped straight off. And then it is an actual manhole. It's not just a tiny drain cover. That's an actual no, manhole. that's a tiny drain cover. If you look at the perspective of the turn lane, it's it's, it's probably um, about this big. I don't know. That looks pretty big. No, no like that looks big. bigger. That looks bigger than a softball. You can't jump in there. I think that's about softball size. A skinny, a really, I really could skinny I person could. It's not yeah, I was going to say big. Katie could. You and I could. You could get I a could leg slink in. into that you thing. You could get maybe both your ankles in, Katie. It's not that big, I don't think. That's neither here nor there. But wow. Yeah, that's, that's, so that's a bad, that's a bad thing. So that, that shouldn't be happening, that's right? That's bad. That's not that, good. <laughs> well, it's not great. Not great, Bob. Not great. <laughs> not great, Bob. All right, Sean, how do we end this show? get it right this time the las vegas grand prix not great bob the las vegas Prince grand prix Gage, oh, well, i'm doing it again i interrupt you every time and i'm doing it again God, every it's tradition freaking time the for Nick Shook the las and Katie vegas Caldwell. grand prix God, don't sh- get jiggle back mute, mute yourself mute yourself mute yourself right now for nick shook and katie caldwell i'm sean barry thank you for listening to episode 20 of the gridiron podcast be sure to like subscribe and listen Share our podcast even. We'd like to drop a five-star review, only a five-star review. And if you leave us a, a comment on that, we'll read it on our air because, you know, we do love to feel, you know, just the love, not the hate, the love. Love to feel the love. Good night, everyone. And Canada. Why is it everyone and Canada? <laughs>